0: Hello and welcome. This is Hear Her Sports, the podcast of long form, intimate profiles of female athletes breaking boundaries, speaking up and living with power and confidence. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery. It has been a bit since today's guest and I recorded our conversation. So long, in fact, I had forgotten how fun and terrific it was. I had a great pleasure editing and discovering what we talked about. So thank you and thank you again to Haley Rosen, CEO and founder of Just Women's Sports for being on the podcast. She and I chat about her aims for Just Women's Sports, the incredible opportunities in the field, what we're looking for in sports coverage, and how exciting and utterly marvelous we find female athletes. It turns out we have lots in common, and ultimately look to raise all boats, as they say. Haley also shares her personal stories of how her collegiate and professional soccer careers were not everything she dreamed it would be. But before we get going, I invite you to support the podcast through our new Patreon. There are several levels to select from. At the $5 gear up level and above, you'll get access to exclusive audio content each month. This month, two coaches and I enjoyed discussing the why and how of intervals. Find us at patreon.com slash sports or link from the Patreon page on our website, hearhersports.com. Today's guest is founder of Just Women's Sports, Haley Rosen. Haley received a B.A. and an M.A. from Stanford University, where she played as a midfielder for the Cardinal soccer team. After a brief professional soccer career in both the U.S. and abroad, Haley returned to the Bay Area where she first worked in tech before founding Just Women's Sports. Her goal for the digital platform is to create equal representation of women in sports. Like Hear Her Sports, Haley often cites the stat that 44% of athletes are women and only 4% of sports media coverage is about women. So I'm super excited to have Haley here on the podcast. So welcome, Haley. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. You know, could you just start us off with an introduction of Just Women's Sports and also the Just Women's Sports podcast?
1: Yeah, I can take it from the very beginning, kind of maybe what I tell some of the investors I'm talking to. So the story for me is, you know, I played soccer in college and I played professionally for a little bit in the U.S. and abroad. And that's really the experience that led me to Just Women's Sports. You know, every team, every league, we were selling out stadiums, attendance was up, viewership was up. There was just a ton of positive momentum in women's sports. And then, you know, had a couple injuries, had to retire probably sooner than I would have liked, which, you know, I think it's a story for too many athletes. Came back to the Bay Area, you know, was, was working. And that was the first time I felt the lack of sports coverage. You know, I'd always been in the world. I always, you know, knew the athletes, knew the drama, knew the trades. This was the first time I was on the outside looking in. And I wanted to follow along. You know, I wanted to follow my friends that were still playing or the teams that I had been on. And I just genuinely couldn't do it. And I wanted to, and that didn't make any sense to me. And I also just thought that was a huge miss, that there was a huge opportunity around women's sports. So we launched Just Women's Sports and we launched January 2020, which is quite a year to launch a company, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, for us, our first, you know, six months was really about turning on, you know, 4% of sports coverage for me, like, that sounds like a really exciting opportunity. Something we realized really quickly is that, you know, this space is complete white space. And so a lot of questions around, you know, where do you start? What sports do you focus on? What channels do you prioritize? So a lot of learnings, a lot of, you know, building out the initial Just Women Sports ecosystem, building out the initial team in Q3 of this year, We officially launched um, with our podcast, the Just Women Sports podcast, hosted by our superstar podcast host, Kelly O'Hara, which we're really, really proud of. And that's, you know, if for people that haven't heard it, every week, Kelly sits down with a different professional female athlete, and it's these sort of peer-to-peer conversations. And, you know, really our goal is to sort of bridge the conversation that happens in the locker room and sort of that post-game interview. And we're really proud of that. And that's, you know, we're hoping to do more in audio. We're hoping to, you know, push more aggressively on our social channels, you know, but really for us, like our big end all, like, what are we trying to do? You know, we want to be that one-stop shop for all things women's sports. You know, we, we want, you know, to have an audio network. We want a digital channels. We want to have the games. You know, we want it all. We think everything that you see on the men's sports side, you will see on the women's sports side, you know, if not more. And we want to be a big part of making that happen.
0: I'm so fascinated that you started this in part because you couldn't find coverage for yourself because that's exactly why I started too. I was like, there has to yeah. be, there has to be. And it was so hard. It's so interesting. Yeah, I
1: feel like that's how so many people get into women's sports because they're just like, I want more of this. Like, where is it? It's interesting to hear you say that.
0: Yeah. And I think the other part of that was any coverage that did exist required just this momentous research project to find i
1: totally agree and something we talk about a lot and i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this is you know in addition to a lack of coverage like that four percent which I actually heard more recently it's probably closer to three percent which oh, crazy um, yeah oh boy <laughs> um but you know we always say adjustment sports too like we feel like the coverage doesn't accurately reflect the space and the tone and the vibe and we feel like you know it's either really, you know, pink and glitter, or it's like really skewed towards young girls. And it just doesn't feel real to what the space is and the vibe and the athletes. And so, you know, we want to solve that coverage gap and we want to create content that feels really real and authentic.
0: Yeah. You know, I I think that's such an interesting question is, you know, because there hasn't been coverage, I'm not convinced that, we know how to cover women's sports in a way that the audience wants to hear. I'm not sure we figured that out. What is your impression of that?
1: I think that big question. <laughs> um, so I agree with that, but I think it's like a, I think that to expand on what I was saying is, you know, we live in this world right now. We talked about this 4% of sports coverage and, you know, it's 1.5% of broadcast rights. That's a world created by mainstream media. And I think that mainstream media does not know how to cover women's sports. And to sort of expand on what I just said, you know, there's, you know, pink and glitter, you know, just pink it and shrink it, like that whole marketing ethos, I think gets grossly applied to women's sports. There's also this frame of thinking that, you know, women's sports is just important because these women are role models to the next generation. And I think that's totally true. But when we focus on that, it just leads to stale content. You know, you can't you can only hear the same narrative over and over so many times. And then I also think, you know, if we take it to the other side, when these mainstream platforms try and just say, okay, okay, we're going to cover women's sports like sports, you know, they do it almost like exactly the same way that they're covering the men's sports and you know, something that we often talk about is women's sports and men's sports they're just different. You know, these games are often very different you know, we're not saying Nekka Gumage jumps higher than LeBron James. Like that's not the argument here. You know, it's just that we want to create a space for women's sports because it's its own thing and it's different and it's still sports and we love sports and we want more sports, but it is different. The games are different. The athletes are different. The vibe is different. And so we have to rethink just this coverage and it's not about forcing it to be any one thing or, you know, reusing an old playbook. It's about building coverage that's authentic to the world. And I actually think, you know, the more sort of nascent women's sports platforms do a really good job of that.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. You talk about like, you know, going to women's sports without any preconception and being able to cover what it actually is, not what you think it is.
1: Yeah. And that's like a really big part of, you know, Kelly's podcast as well is, you know, we... And it's our whole ethos, too. It's like we don't have any storylines we're trying to push. We're just trying to create a space, a space for these athletes, a space for women's sports, you know, just a space for, you know, this whole world to really shine.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that we're trying to do here at Hear Her Sports. And, And I find that the athletes who get on the podcast really appreciate having the opportunity to have the space and time to talk about what they want to talk about. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Also regarding content, you know, like you were talking about the white space, how are you attracting an audience to something that is so new and maybe they're not completely familiar with?
1: Yeah, I think like what art audiences do we target is like a really interesting question. I can tell you like the people that we are obsessed with bringing into our ecosystem right now are basically, you know, athletic women, women that are playing sports, you know, they're playing in high school, they're playing in college, maybe they're playing professionally, or women that have played sports. That's like our first demographic that we are really thinking about, because what we've sort of learned in, you know, early research and surveys and audience feedback is, that's a lot of our audience. You know, if you go back to, you know, Title IX, and the rise of, you know, girls participating in youth sports, you know, women participating at the college level, women participating at the professional level, you know, we see there's this whole new demographic of women that grew up playing sports, or they still play sports, or they did play sports. And that's really who we're thinking about. And that makes a lot of sense when you look at, you know, Title IX. And, you know, it's from the formation of Title IX, it's over a 1,000 increase in girls participating at the high school level. It's over a 600% increase of women participating at the college level, you know, in a similar increase in women participating at the professional level. And so there's this whole new type of person that grew up playing women's sports. And it totally makes sense that they want more of that in their life. You know, they want to see the games that they played or the sport that they played, played the way they played it. So you know, that's the first thing that I'm thinking about is bringing in all those people, building out content that that audience is just really stoked on.
0: What barriers have you run into either for yourself or for the audience finding you?
1: Yeah, I think audience growth is a really hard question. And I think for us, it's just, you know, we need we need to do a lot of things to grow and you know part of it is just you know we need internally we need to staff up a bit more we need you know to produce more content more frequently so that's something we're working on internally and then i think you know just getting in front of people you know working with people like yourself like we have similar missions you know we love to bring hear her sports into just women's sports maybe we can do cross promotions like you know just working together to build the space and i think for us like i love talking with people like yourself because if we win, if you win, like we all win, you know, like our goal is not just to grow just women's sports, but it's to grow the women's sports space. And like, you know, what is it like the high tide rises all boats and like, right, that's right. the mission. Like, you know, there's so much here. There's gonna be multiple players. Like, so how do we all work together to grow this ecosystem?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important message is that, you know, we all have to support one another. Totally. There's room for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> So what is your impression of where we are now with women's sports in the media? I mean, I know you talked about the percentage, but, you know, like, are you seeing improvement? Like, what do you see happening?
1: I think there's a ton of improvement and there's a ton of momentum. And I think it's like a really, really exciting time for women's sports. I think when you look at the numbers from like five years ago, like 2015 to, you know, 2019 or 2020, like there is this dramatic shift across the board. You know, it's like, Women's soccer viewership has gone up like over 300%. Women's lacrosse is over 100%. Basketball is over 100%. Like It's like an insane level of growth that's happening right now. And not only is there a dramatic shift, but I think for the first time ever, women's sports in a lot of cases are performing comparably to men's sports. You know, the NWSL Challenge Cup's opening weekend had more viewership than Man City versus Chelsea that same weekend. Oh my God, that's crazy. Like we should be like beating the drums. Like networks should be freaking out. Like, you know, there's this dramatic shift and this high performance and it's all happening right now. And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. And so I'm excited and I'm encouraged. And, you know, I still think even with all this momentum, it's almost in spite of mainstream media, you know, women's sports still receives 4% of sports coverage, still receives limited investment. Imagine if we invested. Imagine if we covered it. Like, holy cow. Like this is the the amount of potential here just seems beyond exciting for me personally.
0: I love hearing that. Um, One of the things that keeps coming up in from my guests on Hear Her Sports is, you know, women or black women or people of color creating their own platform. As opposed to trying to get into existing platforms, and you talked about main media um, outlets, and it sort of seems like you're taking the same tack. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna create my own party because you're not inviting me to yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually was recently talking to Abby Wambach, and she said something that really, really resonated with me. And she said she was paraphrasing a quote and now I'm paraphrasing her. So it's like a game of telephone, but it basically, she was saying something like, you know, I don't want to break through the glass ceiling. Like, I don't want to break through a glass ceiling that's been built you know, by men. But in this case, you know, we been talking about feminism. It's like, I'm just going to build my own damn house. And that's like kind of how I feel. Like there's a lot of time, energy and resources that has gone into and goes into trying to convince these mainstream platforms that women's sports is worth covering. But like, That's just not their business model. Like if you go to ESPN or Bleacher Report, like you go to their site, it says MLB, NFL, NBA. These are men's sports networks. And that's totally okay. That's the audience they built. Those are the ad dollars they built. That's the content teams they built. That's their business, right? And that makes total sense to me. But it doesn't mean there's not a huge opportunity around women's sports. Like, I don't want to waste time or energy convincing people of something.
0: Like, We see it. Let's just go build a better solution. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I've seen doing here, Her Sports is that, you know, pay equity and media coverage equity is just the beginning of this complex web of equity issues. Have you been finding the same thing? And what are your thoughts about all that, you know, sort of the huge ramifications, just putting more money and more media coverage into the into the area?
1: i i totally agree with that i think you know we say this all the time like it all starts with media there's so many opportunities for agencies for camps for events for merchandise you know for league expansion for like it it, it's just like for betting like the opportunities in this space i think are really really endless but i think that first step is media coverage. It's getting these leagues and these teams and these athletes in front of people on a consistent basis. And that's, you know, build up the viewership, build up the audience, build up the the pay and the resources. And then I think it's just a snowball from there. But I, I really do think it all starts in media.
0: You've mentioned having investors. So what has their impression been or their reaction been to, you know, your, I mean, you have very big goals. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, it's like anything, right? Like we have our people that are with us and they believe and they see the the vision and they support us. And, you know, they're there in the low times and they're celebrating with us in the, in the winds. And then, you know, there's a, there's still a lot of naysayers out there and that's fine. You know, there's a lot of people that I think hold on to old school paradigms of, you know, women's sports will never be big or women's sports doesn't monetize or people don't care about female athletes. And for me, it's just, it's not worth the effort to have those conversations because this is like women's sports becoming mainstream is inevitable. It is already happening. So like, come with us or not, but you know what I mean? So for me, it's just about aligning with people, you know, like yourself that they see it, they get it. They want to be a part of it.
0: To go back a little bit, why do you think it's important to increase the coverage and visibility of women's sports? And in part, this is related to questions I'm asking other guests, which is why are sports important? And I asked that again, in part because, you know, you launched during a pandemic or right before a pandemic <laughs> and, you know, like the, this country is in the middle of all sorts of craziness. So why sports now? Why is it important to increase media coverage of women's sports? You know, so I will say,
1: in the light of some of the more recent stuff going on, you know, I think when sports go on the back burner, given some of the more recent stuff, like, makes sense, right? But for me, like, why are we doing this? Why are sports important? On a really, like, more surface level, like, I personally love sports. Like, you know, I grew up in LA. I grew up a Laker fan, a Dodger fan. We've had a great year, by the way. Um, and, you know, I wish I grew up a Sparks fan. I wish that, you know, LA Soul had been around longer. I would have loved it all. And, you know, as an adult now, like, I love sports. I want to follow it. I loved playing women's soccer. I loved being in that world. Like, I want to see more of it, you know? So, like, on a sort of selfish level, like, I just love it. You know, it's just fun. It's fun to be in this world. It's fun to, cover it. It's fun to think about it. Like, I just love it. And I think there should be more of it because I think there's a lot of people that just love it and think women's sports are awesome. On like a more high level, I do think, you know, as much as we say, you know, women's sports are sports and we need to treat female athletes like athletes, like if we do take a step back, like there's definitely a bigger mission here. And I I really do think that if we truly want to see gender equality, and if we want to see more women, you know, in leadership positions, you know, in the C-suite as president of the United States, you know, in, in STEM subjects, like I believe that starts in sports. You know, we've seen girls that play and stay in sports have higher levels of confidence, higher levels of self-esteem. They're more likely to go to college, stay in college. You know, we know that sports are just good for people and that's especially true for women. And I think the more women, that we can get into sports and showcasing playing sports at the highest level, like that will directly lead to gender equity. And so we're fighting a good fight.
0: I wanna send a big thank you to everyone who's been ordering books through Bookshop. Buying books through our Bookshop page supports the podcast significantly. I know this sounds incredibly crazy, but it really does. So if you are a book buyer, check out our shop page at hearhersports.com bookshop. And once you link to our page, whatever you order gets tallied to help us out. Bookshop also supports local independent bookstores, so it's a real win-win. A popular book on our page has been Bravey by runner Alexi Pappas. And last week, Brianna Decker recommended The Energy Best. It seems a bit hippy-dippy, but it is great. I love the shift in perspective, which is particularly helpful now in the dragging days of winter and a pandemic. What sports are you doing now?
1: You know, we want to cover everything and we try to cover everything. There's definitely been in this year a little bit of focus on what leagues are just happening. Um, So a little bit just driven by the circumstances. We definitely focus on, you know, soccer, basketball, tennis, softball, lacrosse. But, you know, like we're, you know, we're just starting. We're, We're trying to cover sort of the mainstream leagues, the big NCAA sports. We are pretty U.S. focused right now, but we have
0: ambitions of being more international. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned all that, but I was asking about you personally. What sports oh, are you? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> You're quite all right. So, what sports are you personally doing these days?
1: Me? Oh, me personally, like as a as a person, as an, an athlete. Like, yes, <laughs> you know me personally. Right now, I'm not doing all that much. You know, I I like after playing soccer for so many years, I tried to play like pickup and stuff, and I don't know, it wasn't doing it for me. I've been very into yoga. I've been into running, but I definitely need like a new sport. I've been kind of playing tennis with my sister and I feel like I need to pick that up. I don't know. I, I'm drifting in sports <laughs> personally.
0: I think it's hard to leave high level sports and and uh, scale it back. I think it's good to shift sideways.
1: Yeah. Cause I still love soccer, but I think I kept being disappointed that like oh, it's not as professional or it's not as intense. I'm like, okay, right. You need to like, you need something different. Go find the difference. So I'm still finding my different.
0: I want to go back a little bit to your professional career. And I'm going to read a quote from an article in Medium. And it's, the injuries didn't help, but the reality is I never let myself be as good as I could be. I was never the athlete I could have been. After all those years of obsessing over perfection, I got in my own way and I failed. Can I ask you about sort of feelings of regret and managing those feelings and, you know, this idea of thinking about what could have been? Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> you know, for me, I, you know, grew up huge soccer girl. You know, I had Mia Hamm's Barbie doll. I read her book. Like, I was all in on it. You know, I had really big ambitions in college, you know, was at Stanford. And I just my career was riddled with injuries. My freshman year, I tore my hamstring. My sophomore year, I tore ligaments in my ankle. My junior year, I had a concussion that led to, you know, post concussive syndromes that went into my senior year. And, you know, after a lot of time and energy and heart and soul. Like I had one full college season. Um, and my professional story is like kind of similar to that as well. And at the time, you know, it was like really sad and hard. And what's such a bummer too, in college is that it like the season is like two months, you know what I mean? So you can be healthy for the majority of the year. And then if you you know get tackled in a game and you tear ligaments in your ankle like boom that's the whole season and i was really at the time you know just so caught up in like wanting to come back and feeling like i needed to play catch up and like somewhere along the way like i just lost my like love and my joy and my presence and i was like obsessed with like getting back and you know getting back my starting spot and like you know all of that and i i think it became this really negative cycle and i just got in a really weird headspace. And I think, you know, that piece for me was like very, you know, it was like good for me to get it all out. (laughs) When I think about it, it's like, I think that I just put so much pressure on myself and I got so negative and I got so intense and I got so just obsessed with getting back on the field and making it right and making it perfect that like, I was just not in a headspace to be the best athlete I could be. And so, yeah, it's exactly what I said. I don't think the injuries help, but I think at the end of the day, like I held myself back mentally.
0: Do you, like, what are your thoughts now about that? I mean, do you look back and think, I don't know. I just, how do you manage your identity as an athlete looking back on that? I think it's like a
1: bummer and I still think it's a bummer and I'm pretty far removed from it. And I, I think it's a bummer because my like biggest dream in life was to play college soccer, and I think it's just I like love playing soccer, and I loved being at Stanford, and I love that team, and like it was so special and so fun. And it's just a bummer that I never really got to do it. You know, one season it's like I'm supposed to have four years to grow and develop, and you know, lose one year and come back the next year. And like I had an awesome time, and I had amazing teammates, and I feel so fortunate for everything I did get to experience. I just wish I had you know more time that I was able to be on the field. And when I look back on it now, it's, you know, you you just have to, it's still a bummer, but you know, it is what it is. You make peace with it. You know, I have thoughts on the college system generally. And I think that there's a lot of focus on, you know, on the off season for soccer, you're allowed to train for two hours on the field. And then the rest of the hours are like in the gym which to me doesn't make any sense as a soccer player, like being a soccer player is all about having the ball at your feet, getting the touch, getting the rhythm. And I do think like, you know, for certain body types and certain people, like that amount of time spent, you know, lifting or in fitness, I felt like I personally was like always, you know, on the verge of an injury. Like I was always in a place where I was overtraining. And so in hindsight, like I have thoughts on the college process and, you know, how we, manage college athletes and the load overall in the shortened seasons. But I also feel like, you know, it is what it is onward. Right. Right.
0: One reason I would like to see greater media coverage for women's sports is sort of expanding the vision of what a female athlete is. And you mentioned, um, you know, some of the training was, was not for all body types. And I think that having greater media coverage would help that.
1: I do agree with that. And I, you know, I totally agree with that. I do think that, you know, if you look at football teams, for example, every position, you know, they lift different, they run different, the training is different. And I don't know that soccer needs to be that specialized, although I know that there's been more of a movement towards that, but I do think that, you know, every athlete is different and treating athletes like cookie, you know, just saying, Hey, here's the cookie cutter formula. Like it doesn't work for everyone, you know? And I think we have to have enough resources to, set every athlete up for success. And if someone, you know, is built in a certain way and can't lift this way or can't run that way, like we build programs to make them successful. We don't force them into something. And I I do think that's a shift in mindset that needs to happen around college athletes. And I definitely think that needs to happen around female college athletes. And I totally agree that media coverage would be a big part of
0: that shift. You mentioned not knowing exactly what kind of sports or physical movement you want to do right now. Do you have a vision of what you would like to be as an athlete, sort of as a post-college professional person?
1: I don't think I do right now. I think I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I I go back and forth between like, what's the next thing that I can get really passionate about and like throw myself into and like, oh, how can I just do casual fun stuff? I've actually been pretty into surfing lately. So maybe that's my new thing, but I don't know. I don't know yet.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big question for past professional athletes or high-level athletes.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm i committed to finding something or figuring out the rhythm, but I'm definitely not there yet, you know? Right.
0: If we had a conversation in five years, what would we be talking about? What are your visions of that?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I like that. I want to use that on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're talking about, like, just my goal in 5 years is that like you know these types of conversations of like how do we make women's sports mainstream like those are gone and we're talking about this explosion and all the opportunities and we're talking about the athletes and we're debating this and who would have won the championship and we're talking expansions you know I want to move the conversation away from how do we support women's sports to how do we invest in women's sports how do we take it from this level to the next level. I hope, I don't know. I just hope we're, we're talking about growth and, you know, right now we're talking about the potential opportunity in five years. I hope we're talking about the specifics and how we make that actionable and what's the next step. I know that's pretty high level, but I hope it, I hope it moves from this could be something to this is this. And now, and now what are we doing with that?
0: That'd be nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who or what are your motivators or mentors or inspiration? Because as you said, you know, th- all of this is not easy. There's a lot of work to do. What keeps you going?
1: What keeps me going? I really think it's the athletes. Like, I think they're awesome. These women are amazing. You know, we just had Neca on the pod and she talked so much about, you know, all the good that the WNBA athletes do, how they're at the forefront of progress and, you know, pushing for change. And then she said, but we also hoop. And that's totally how I feel about female athletes. Like, they're incredible. Like, they're totally at the forefront of progress. They're pushing for gender equity, just so many positive things. But they're also incredible athletes. Like, these women are amazing. And, like, this space is only getting better. And it's getting more competitive. And the pipeline is growing. And, like, that's what's exciting for me. And that's what we're fighting for. Like, that's what we want. To change, like we want to see a world where, you know, women's sports and men's sports equal coverage, and women and men they're equal, and like that's where we're going, and that's what we're fighting for.
0: That's what I would like to see in five years. Is we are talking about the hooping, we're not talking about, you know, sort of the side stuff.
1: Yeah, I yeah I agree with that.
0: In a really intelligent way, I want the same intelligence that's going and intelligence and research going into the men's sports going into the women's sports.
1: I totally agree with that. Like we were saying, like, when we can get to a point where we're critiquing on field play, and we can be really honest about these athletes that we respect and we admire, you know, about their performances on the field, we'll be in a good spot.
0: Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything important that I didn't get to or that you're dying to talk about?
1: No, you really covered everything. Like, these were (laughs) great questions. The only thing is, can I plug for a second of course we just launched season two of our podcast um so if anyone wants more sports stories check us out but i think I, this was like awesome like got me thinking this
0: morning <laughs> oh good good that's great and i want to really thank you for being here you know just being able to talk about the media coverage of women's sports it's just it's so interesting and exciting and fun thank you
1: no thank you so much for having me and you know i've i've followed you for a little bit i you know i've seen your website i've listened to this podcast and like thank you for all the work you're doing and if there's ever ways to work together support like i would i would really love that well i would love that too (laughs) so we'll talk offline exactly (laughs) well thank you so much for having me on
0: thank you so much for being here and thank you to haley for being on the podcast if you enjoyed this episode, please write this minute, text a friend about what you heard. Find the links to things mentioned in show notes at HearHersports.com. It is one of my biggest treats to hear from you, so stay in touch. Send an email to Elizabeth at HearHersports.com or join us on social at HearHersports. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. On a personal note, as much as I've been loving cross-country skiing, I've started to dream of spring and summer, sun and warm. Meanwhile, Clevelanders are amazing at getting out and about in all kinds of cold and gray. Seeing all of them is a reminder that it's still possible to enjoy a minute or two outside. Please stay healthy. While 44% of athletes are women, only 4% of the media coverage is about women. Hear Her Sports aims to shift the scale while inspiring women to be their best. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Emery for Hear Her Sports. Bye-bye.
1: I'm on the West Coast, by the way, and I haven't had my first cup of coffee. And I'm like, (laughs) wow, I need coffee right now.
2: Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix?